The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Slice and Tour is all about two cooks from two different perspectives giving you unadulterated food porn, recipes, videos, and the Uncut Podcast. They make food that is simple and delicious, that warms the soul and engages the mind. Sherrod handles the savory side and Danielle's got you covered with the baking and sweets. Together, they provide a balanced view of food as an experience, as pop culture, and as something we're talking about. Family, let's welcome Danielle and Sherrod to the Minding My Black Business podcast. Welcome to Minding My Black Business. All right, Minding My Black Business family, I have such a treat. And you know, I say that a lot, but I'm I'm really serious every time I say that. And I'm so serious this time too. Um, I am so excited to have the host of the Slice and Tort podcast, Danielle and Sherrod, joining us today. Um, and it's so wonderful because I've had the pleasure to meet them very recently. So this is like a wonderful addendum um, to a podcast meetup. So uh, welcome to Minding My Black Business, Danielle and Sherrod. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I have some questions uh, because you all do some wonderful things and I feel like food makes the world go round. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but before I get into that, can you each introduce yourselves and then let us know uh, where we can find you? Okay. Um, I'm Danielle. I am the tort part of Slice and Tort. Uh, you can find us at sliceandtort.com and our Instagram and uh, Facebook handles are Slice and Tort. The and is spelled out. Um, and I'll let Sherrod introduce himself. I'm Sherrod. I'm the Slice part. I'm the cook. Uh, like Danielle said, you said, you can find us there. Also on YouTube um, at, at Slice and Tort and on Facebook as well. Fantastic. So we'll definitely make sure we include those links to all your social media spaces so that people can follow and drool on the screen like I do. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm curious, how did you all join forces? I tried to fill in the gaps and was like, was it Williamsburg? I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> but how did this happen? How did you all unite? Um, it was a very bad, uh, awkward mixer that we had at freshman orientation when we were at William and Mary and uh, they make you go around and force meet each other. And that's how we met. Mm -hmm. We both decided we were not about it. (laughs) (laughs) That was our immediate connection is like, we can't be doing this. Let's go. You left. Yeah. (laughs) We decided we met everyone we needed to meet. And yeah, uh, yeah, it was the end after that. No more friends, right? No more friends. No new friends. (laughs) That was great. Yeah, yeah. Freshman orientation. What is that like? The two truths and a lie, and two yeah, that sort of stuff. Lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's awful. It's like being back in preschool. Right. Yes. <laughs> well, I can appreciate that being done with that, and and yes. being kindred spirits, and feel like it's time to move on. <laughs> 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 so, how did uh, Slice and Tori come to be? 
Well, over the years, um, like well, we while we were at Wayman Mary, we did a lot of cooking together. We would be those two people in the dorm kitchen, hogging up the whole kitchen all day long, cooking things we had no business cooking. You know, needed money for school supplies, but here we were making soccer torts and all sorts of things. We had pasta. no business making pasta. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Tore the whole kitchen up, yep. <laughs> flour everywhere. But we uh, that's all we did all during schools. We just cooked and ate, cooked and ate. And then, um, and then over the years, we just, you know, kept in touch and all, everything always seemed to come back to food. And then I moved away to New York and came back to North Carolina. And uh, it was right about that time we were like, we should do something together. I have a lot of knowledge about, you know, technology and, and that sort of thing. And Danielle has such a great personality, especially for television and radio and everything. So we were like, why don't we try these food videos that seem to be so popular? And we did it sort of off the cuff and without any preparation, <laughs> but it turned out great. It worked. And it was pretty clear from then on that we had something. Yeah. I think it kind of balances us because we both have jobs in like IT fields. And so this lets us have that creative outlet as well. You know, it's always really cool to work with someone that you know really well. So you can sort yes. of play to each other's strengths and, um, yeah, it just works really well. So I'm excited to hear about all that, that you all sort of reconnected and provided this for us. Um, <laughs> so I am curious about this Eat and Run tour. How did oh. that come to be? When's the uh. one? And can I go? So uh. we're doing one in the fall. Uh, it, we're going to New Orleans. And it came up because we, Sherrod and I decided that the best part of vacationing was the food. I don't want to go places to see the amusements. I want to go to see like eat the food. Mm -hmm. And we were planning this trip to Charleston and Savannah. And we realized that for the amount of places we wanted to go, we needed two dinners, two lunches, drinks before dinner, two dinners, and like another late night, fifth, sixth, ninth meal. <laughs> um, and so basically all we had time to do was eat and run. Uh, and so that's how it came to be. So what are the rules? Cause there were some rules to this tour. There are rules. Uh, no franchises. Okay. Unless they're regional franchises. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to try something out of your comfort zone. Uh, what else, Sherrod? I'm trying to remember now. I don't know. The rules are so ingrained in us. <laughs> they are. Uh, it's, it's things like you have to, you have to try everything once. Yes. Um, just to say you did it. Uh, no place is really off limits unless it's a franchise. If you see something on the side of the road, we have to stop, which we sure did. Um, yeah, it's that kind of stuff. Just meant to like sort of break us out of our, our little comfort zone. We're both introverts, so we had to sort of make yeah. ourselves uh, really get out there and experience things. And I'm a significantly less adventurous eater than Shrod is, yeah. so <laughs> that whole like try new foods thing was mainly for me. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily like body parts, but Shrod does. So yeah. I had pig ears. <laughs> oh, yeah. That okay. Was to check off that rule. Right. Uh, another right. rule was you always had to uh, have dessert was another one. Oh, for count. Yeah. That, I yeah. mean, that's important. That's a must. Right. That feels yes. like a, a commandment or something. Yeah. I'm with right. You. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Thou shalt have dessert. Right. <laughs> it was right there at the bottom in little print. I mean, right? yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, um, the Alabamian in me can respect uh, all those rules. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the idea of going to with this like little mom and pops or little yeah. shacks on the road um, sort yeah. of appeal to, to me too. So that sounds fantastic. So New Orleans, you said you're going in the fall. We are. Mm -hmm. We're going to a black food bloggers retreat. 
Um, and we're going an extra day, a couple of days before so that we could fit some more eating in. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I look forward to that docu- uh, documentation and all yes. the pictures. Oh, yes. We're going to have lots of media for y'all because yeah. this time we're not playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And New Orleans is a good food spot. Too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be good. Okay. I'm so excited. I, yeah, I'm excited for you. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so with Minding My Black Business, uh, it's doing a few things. But one of the things I like to do is sort of highlight um what's going on in our community as it relates to businesses and so given all of your travels and all the places you've gone what have been some of your favorite uh black-owned restaurants Hmm. good question um locally one of my favorites would be stoli's Mm -hmm. uh david Hanna is the chef there and he's a partial owner um it's in virginia beach off great neck road and Seriously, some of the best food I've ever had. Oh, absolutely. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. Got to get the hamburger, the cheeseburger and the cheesesteak and anything jerked and the oxtail. Those are my okay. favorites. Okay. Bring that down mentally. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> what about you, Sherrod? I'm trying to think, you know, this is part of our problem and why we kind of why we do what we do. I'm trying to think. I can't recall any black owned businesses that I know of um, in the in this area, specifically here in Durham. Uh, we don't we don't really see too many. I think there's a place called Saltbox Seafood that's black owned um, and their food is really, really good. It's it's very classic uh, sort of fish shack, but mm-hmm. just, you know, one of those places that does one thing and does it super well. Right. But uh, there's not a whole, whole lot here in, in North Carolina, in central North Carolina. I think another one for Hampton Roads, another one would be uh, Hummingbird Macaroons. Um, the yeah. owner, Kisha, first of all, she's fantastic. Um, and she just creates all these beautiful, sweet desserts and treats. And so she's another one of my favorites in the area. She's in Norfolk. Yes, yes she is. Downtown Norfolk. She actually made my birthday yep. cake. Oh, did she really? Yeah, it was so pretty. I didn't want to eat it, but I had oh my God. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> but cakes are meant to be eaten. That's why there are no right. cake museums. And yeah, oh, come on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Stop me off with the commandments and such. Okay. All right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. I'm curious about that. So the idea of, um, do you think that it's like purposeful in terms of like, I wonder if black owned restaurants, um, are they hidden or do they, maybe they could do a better job of sort of saying here I am or, um, cause I'm thinking about the idea. I've heard entrepreneurs talk about, they sort of make a decision sometimes about whether they're going to sort of be out front of the business and say, mm, right. you know, I am the one who's responsible for this or just sort of let people show up however they show up. So you might not ever see a picture of them on their website right. or things like that. Do you think maybe some of that holds true for um, black owned restaurants, particularly if they're trying to cast the net really wide um, for their audience and um, yeah, people who would dine in? I definitely yeah. think it depends on the type of restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's some restaurants that definitely like first thing you see, it's black owned, it's on the menu, it's mm-hmm. on the walls. Um, and I think that, I think that's amazing. But I also think there's some r- restaurants that are kind of hesitant to do that for, I don't know, perceived fear, I guess, of 
that label and being kind of like, I don't want to be exclusionary or, you know, just bring in any drama that comes with that label, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it kind of, I can see, I've seen restaurants do both sides of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a place here. I remembered it while we were thinking about it called Backyard Barbecue. And it's very distinctly black owned. The guy put his picture on the wall, you know, has his Instagram and all that on it. And I think it, it sort of not necessarily affects in a negative way, but it, it makes you think about the place a little bit differently than maybe if you hadn't known who owned it and what kind of person it was. Um, I think it, like Danielle said, it really can affect your uh, people's perception for the positive or negative. Right. For me, when I say it, I'm like, one, let's support it. And two, I know that food's going to be seasoned. So Hello. let's go. All right. <laughs> you know what you're getting into. And that's right? important. That just lets me know. Yeah. We will eat in salt and spices. Yes, yes, yes. That's true. That's true. Maybe so. even a little heat, depending on exactly. where you go. Right. I know it's not going to be bland. So I like that. Let's me know what I'm getting up front. Okay. Okay. Well, I can, I can definitely respect that. I can definitely <laughs> respect that. So we are officially in summer. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Can, you, summer. can we be officially out of summer? Right. You know, yeah, change? I'm over it. I'm over all the seasons. I just want to be, can I control it? Can I get my own? (laughs) (laughs) It is too hot too fast. (laughs) Right. Right. I feel like we just finished winter probably about a month ago and now we're all Mm -hmm. sweating. Um, But now that we're in summer, what would be some of your favorite summertime treats? And that could be anything, desserts, cocktails, appetites, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I until recently had a rule that I didn't eat watermelon in public. Um, because my sister wouldn't and cause she, we grew up in like a very, very, very white neighborhood and we wouldn't eat fried chicken in public and we wouldn't yep. eat watermelon in public because oh. you have one good time to fix your mouth to say something smart to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you really but, did it as a service to the public, right? Really? Yeah. I'm yeah. saving from me having to drag you. Okay. Okay. That happened to me in college. And so I learned really quick. Um, but one of my favorite things is this thing called uh, margarita watermelon and you take watermelon and you soak it in simple syrup and tequila and then you kind of let it get frozen and it's like a frozen watermelon margarita type deal it's amazing you put a little salt on it it's like the quickest most favorite thing i've ever had in the summer yeah that sounds great right okay yeah i'm ready for that I am a huge fan of cookout food. I like all of it. I like potato salad, macaroni and cheese. I like anything you can make on a grill. I love burgers, um, hot dogs, not just that sort of stuff too, like sausages. um, Oh God, whole chickens, smoked things. I love all all of it. Give it all to me. So this time, banana pudding, this time of year, I've got like a few staple things that I make. Like I make, even though nobody, I don't think anyone likes it, but I make Hop and John for business. I love Hoppin' John. But nobody ever eats it. I always end up with like twice as much as I started with. Well, that sounds um, like a portion problem for you. I don't know how it happens, but I always end up with a lot left over. But that I love. I love popsicles, fruit popsicles this time of year. You can't do better. Mm-hmm. Right. We've got a recipe for this cantaloupe popsicle that, my God, it will blow your mind. I love mm. it. Y'all are making me salivate. This is... <laughs> That's our job. Right? You're doing something right. <laughs> this is wonderful. This is wonderful. I always feel like when you, um, so the art of like cooking food or even what it means to like sit down with someone and break bread, um, 
is for me like a form of self-care because mm-hmm. um, we talk about a lot of things in terms of like getting sleep and exercising but what it means to like connect with someone um and having a good meal um and good company um can sort of turn your day around so mm-hmm. absolutely what would you both say is your recipe and i'm using that word and i'm twisting it a little bit um for a, a great dining experience what do you think are some essential mm. components um Mm, well, I'm going to go ahead and take that one first because as Danielle will tell you, <laughs> I am the queen of dinner parties. I have an event at my house on an almost monthly basis. What? Oh, uh, yes, ma'am. Oh, I love entertaining. <laughs> so I think, I think the ingredients are pretty simple. You need to start off with something with a good idea. Mm. You know, you can't just make your regular old weeknight pasta and call it a day and have people over. It doesn't work. Mm. You got to really put a little bit of thought into it and say, how, what am I trying to do with my guests? Are we trying to have fun and eat with our hands? Are we trying to go to a different country? Are we trying to revisit something from our childhood? Are we trying to eat like our parents are here? You know, what are you trying to do with your, even if they're just friends, mm. putting a little thought into it is really important. And then from there, just making sure you cook with love and thoughtfulness, take into account your guests' likes and dislikes, what they can and can't eat you know if you know you've got one vegetarian cooking don't give them a salad make i mean really put 20 minutes into it and make something that they can really enjoy not just eat but enjoy and on top of that you want to take some time in how you set up things a whole all this food is no good if your living room looks a mess and you don't know how to set a table Mm -hmm. hit hit youtube figure out how to set the table just just bare bones nothing crazy go to trader joe's get you some real nice flowers Mm -hmm. um you know tidy up that sort of thing maybe uh, put on some good music nothing too loud don't light a candle that's a rookie mistake. Yes. Never do that. Okay. Um, okay. No, it interferes with the food, and you don't want anything messing with, messing with all the food. You just uh-huh. spend all the day cooking. So, uh, you know, those sorts of things, I think, go a really long way. And the last thing I would say is build in time to sit and enjoy the food. A lot of – it's very easy, if you're, especially if you're new at, at throwing dinner parties and that sort of thing, to mm-hmm. so spend all day in the kitchen and run around serving and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There are lots of ways to cut all of that down so that you can yeah. really not just enjoy the food, but enjoy time with the people. Because that's really what you're there to do mm-hmm. is just, you know, commune with your friends and everything. So learn and try to build in time to just sit down, talk, even if you have to get up every once in a while, making sure you make things and set things up in such a way that you can, uh, that you can enjoy the event is really important. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree with that. I'm one of those people I like to make as much as I can ahead of time so that I have that time mm-hmm. uh, to hang out and enjoy my friend's company. Um, for me, I think anytime I am having people over, I think of what is the memory I'm trying to, I want them to have. Do I want this to be super fun? So I need like a fun cocktail or is this more of a, you know, we haven't spent a lot of time together. I want to catch up. So is a sit down feel more so that we can actually have the conversation. So yeah. I want to do something plated as opposed to like a buffet style. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little more casual. Um, so I try to put in like, what are we going to be doing? Like, is it just like a fun game night or is this a, I haven't seen you in a month. I don't even know who you are anymore. Kind of. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. I, um, so for your, from your perspective, what does, I would imagine that in your friend group or even in your family that you're the go-to food people. And what sort of, okay. (laughs) What sort of responsibilities do you have to bear? Is it just around like Thanksgiving or is it all year long or? Mine is all year long. Okay. Um, (laughs) I, in my family, I am responsible for all things desserts, particularly cakes. 
Mm. So any type of celebration that requires a cake, that is my responsibility, whether I want it or not. Uh Um, Yeah, that's the biggest thing. And it's, it's been cakes for the last couple of years. Okay. Okay. I really like this question because growing up, I always looked to like my, um, like my great aunts and my aunts, you know, the, the cooks of the family. And I saw how they were able to bring the family together anytime we needed to. And everything always came down to the food. Like being together with family is great and all, but y'all are here to eat. And so to me, as I've gotten older, I've tried to take on more and more of that responsibility, not just cooking, but bringing the family together for things, you know, enjoying people while they're still around. So like recently I had a, I had a mother's day brunch for my grandma who's sick and, you know, we really, really, really got together and ate and had a good, good time. So I think as cooks of the family, we, our responsibility is more than to just provide a meal. I got my cousin in my my inbox right now asking me questions about how to make baked beans, but it goes farther than that. It reaches down to you as the cook have are now responsible for helping to bring people together and keep them together. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, I can appreciate both of what you're saying because, um, yeah, because you can sort of stay together longer if there's food to fuel you. Absolutely. <laughs> right. But also cooking sort of does that thing in terms of like passing down recipes or mm-hmm. I'm even thinking about a bunt pan that I have right now in the kitchen that belongs to my grandmother. And so oh, yeah. just like some of those pieces, too, of like tying those generations together um, yeah. food does a lot my- of stuff. Yeah. My mixer that I use is my was my grandmother's and it's about 60 years old. Mm. Um, it's a KitchenAid and it still works and I use it every time I have to make a cake. And I think for my family and my friend group, food is a big uh, communication tool. Um, I don't care what happens to you, I'm making you food. That's like my way of comforting. So good, bad, I'm making you food. I'm bringing you casseroles. Mm-hmm. Um, and things like that. Uh, I do it when you have babies. I do it when bad things happen. Either way, like that's my go-to. You're getting food. Right, yeah. right. So it almost sounds like this is your love language. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I like you getting fed. Right. And if you if you come to my house and you don't eat, like I'm like my grandma, I get mad. Oh, like, we have a problem. Oh yeah. Don't show up not hungry. No. Oh no. 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 I'm offended now. <laughs> Did you eat before you came here? Are you crazy? Right. You better be prepared to eat again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Nothing like a second dinner. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you can just pretend, but you're getting a plate. Right, yep. right. We're going to do this. It's happening. I, I yes. appreciate that. So how did the two of you all nurture your friendship? I So when I listen to the podcast, I always appreciate sort of hearing the connection that you all have, even when you all don't agree on a food item, um, you sort of navigate through that. And, um, but that's sort of what good friendships are about. Like, so that respect, being able to make fun of yourself or each other or whatever. So how do you all, (laughs) how do you all nurture your, your friendship with each other? Uh, I think that we've, we've been friends for a very long time. <laughs> Thank you for not um, years. I won't say a number, but it's been a very long time. Um, and I think a lot of it just comes, we have similar personalities, but in a lot of things, we also have opposite personalities. And we've learned to, I know when I can push Sherrod's buttons and just the right amount before he gets actually <laughs> mad at me. Um, and so I like walk that line very carefully, but I think it's, just getting we've known each other and like he's my family um and so that's what we wanted our podcast to feel like that like you were sitting in our living room just hanging out with us like you were in on the jokes and things like that like just because I mean I think like I want everyone to have a best friend like Sherrod 
like because I think that our friendship is really great. So. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that sets our podcast apart and why we enjoy doing it so much. It's like Danielle said, it's just conversation. This is ex- literally this. We would have this conversation on a microphone and off. Yeah. Fussing, fussing the whole nine yards. I get mad at him. I disagree yeah. with him. I yell at him often. And all of that is real. I mean, we've been together so long. We know each other so well. We know exactly how to, not just how to speak to each other, but how each other is going to react. And uh, that's, that's an important part of having a good rapport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so wonderful. So, uh, <laughs> no, I think that's really going to speak to people. Um, because there's a whole, I've been having some conversations recently about what it means to sustain friendships like throughout your mm-hmm. lifetime. And what does it mean to formulate new friendships as an adult? Like, I think that's, no, that's hard. Yeah. Making friends as an adult is one of the hardest things. I'm like, how does this happen? Yeah. I don't understand. You stand next to a new adult and be like, all right, we're friends now. Right. Like, right. <laughs> I don't get it. Right. <laughs> Right. It, it seems very complicated for two people who go out and navigate the world all day long. Uh, right. Creating new friendships is tough as an adult. It so uh, the idea that you all have sustained and nourished it uh, is really is really awesome. And so I wanted people yeah. to, to hear about what that looks like. I think uh, we also, we're, we do a good job of balancing each other and that like, I know when Shrod's tired of talking to me. And I don't take that personally. I know that he needs his me time. And I think that's a big part of friendship is you don't have to constantly be on 10. It's okay if some days you're at a two. It's okay if I go a few days without talking to you. As long as we are, you're alive, good. That, it doesn't have to be more than that because you don't want your friendship to be draining or exhausting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to be by yourself. That's yeah. true. And again, you know, we've known each other so long. We know, like Danielle said, she's, she's like a sister to me. So I know for a fact when she's tired of talking, I know when she wants to talk. I know when she wants to move, change the subject. I know when <laughs> she's really not feeling the subject, when she read something, when she hasn't read something, we know these things about each other. And that makes such a difference in terms of what you hear on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it makes a lot of things easier, too. Um, it does. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. So um, so I mentioned at the beginning of our show that I had a chance to meet you all in person. Unfortunately, I didn't get to spend as much time with you as I would have loved to. But I <laughs> You're a busy lady. Sure well, are. I don't know. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to streamline some of that. But, <laughs> but I definitely want to say thank you all for coming to the Parlay for the People. It of was course. so exciting to see you all. Mm-hmm. And I was having that thing sort of wash over me um, as people were coming in. So people that I have either interacted with digitally or maybe even just listened to their podcast, but like I knew people. So right. when I saw you, I was like, hey! And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't, they don't actually know you, so you might want to like bring that down just like I do that all the time all the time i'll be like oh i so and so and i'm like you don't actually know them stop being such a creeper <laughs> i do it all the time so so thank you for joining and i was just curious so what was your experience like did you have a chance to connect with other podcasters or other business folks what happened? it was so i had no idea there were so many uh black podcasters in the Hampton Roads area. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally had no idea. So that was really refreshing to see. And it was a really good chance to just kind of network and talk about what our experiences have been and like different places we've gone. Even if we weren't specifically talking about podcasts mm-hmm. or our businesses, we were just talking. And I think that was a really good way to form 
like a little community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a really great experience because Dan, you have to understand, despite what you hear on the podcast, Danielle and I are introverts. We like to sit at home and watch Real Housewives. We're not really outgoing <laughs> people, but uh, you know, we we really wanted to get out there because your event sounded like such a great idea. You don't see it that often, and we're so glad we did because we got to meet not just podcasters, but people from other walks of life who are interested in things like you had a lot of uh, therapists there who are interested in things like what food can do, what podcasts can do, what the intersection of all three is. It was a really fascinating, engaging time. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you all, um, the way I sort of describe it is um, I had some things in my head because I'm also a strong introvert too. Strong. So, <laughs> you know, I took a good nap once that was over. Yeah. <laughs> I was exhausted. I was like, I'm socialized for the week. Right. I was like, that was so fun, but direct me to a bed. I am exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, I had some things in place because I know the introvert in me would have a tendency to maybe like stand along the wall or whatever. And none of that happened. Nobody was by themselves. Everybody was connected. Um, And so there's still moments where I think about it. I'm just like, how did this, you all are so fantastic. Everybody just sort of (laughs) came in the door ready to talk, ready to connect, Mm -hmm. ready to meet someone new. And so, um, so I'm going to tell you to your face so I can see you again. So thank <laughs> you again for that. I appreciate that. Thank you that. for throwing that event. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah, there'll be others. Um, oh, good. I can't wait. Something a little different. Um, but, yeah, there'll be some others, too. And I'll definitely keep you posted for sure. Yes, please. <laughs> so this is a nice segue into my final question. I am so enjoyed talking with you all, though. <laughs> um, what does minding my black business mean to you? Hmm. Uh, Shrad, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, To me, it means being aware. I think uh, Black businesses face a lot of different challenges that other, in this country that other kinds of businesses don't have, and food businesses even more so. We are subject to a lot of preconceived notions about not just food, but the quality of food, quality of service, the level of entrepreneurship and savvy that a lot of different kinds of businesses in this country are not subject to. So to me, minding my Black business m- means being really, really on top of things, being aware of how you're perceived, how you are doing, how things are being um, prepared and served, how you present yourself to the world and how the world sees you. And in this day and age, in the age of Instagram and Twitter, that is even more important than it's ever been. I would 100% agree with what you just said. Um, For me, minding my Black business is definitely about putting my best foot forward and kind of making sure that I'm excelling in what I do and making sure that I'm bringing people with me, other black businesses with me so that we're all growing and minding our black businesses and just being united in that front. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I can so appreciate what you all do. Um, I think uh, your level of exposing us all to new places, new food, new experiences um, helps us. We get to live vicariously um, <laughs> through your ad- adventures. And um, for me, it sort of expands at least my idealized notion of what my community is um, by understanding mm-hmm. where you all go and what you all do. Um, yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you for, for providing that for us. Of course. <laughs> we enjoy doing it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So thank you both. Thank you both, Danielle and Sharad, for being a part of the show. Um, I really am hungry. I don't want to make a grilled cheese or something. But uh, <laughs> this has been fantastic. I appreciate all your wisdom that you have shared with us. I have truly enjoyed. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. So if you want to know more and you like what you heard, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. Also, follow the movement on our website, MindingMyBlackBusiness.com, and on our Facebook and Instagram pages under Minding My Black Business, and on Twitter under Minding My Black Biz. So peace and blessings to us all, family. And when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing, let them know that you're minding my black business.